Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you You'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. American Glutton Podcast has a Patreon. Do you hate commercials? Well, we've got a Patreon. Do you want bonus episodes? That's on the Patreon. Do you want to hang out and chat in our Discord channel? That's part of the Patreon, too. We even have an option where you can leave me voicemails. All on the Patreon. So check it out today. Patreon.com slash American Glutton. We have a Patreon. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glut. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show... Please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. American Glutton is brought to you by Trifecta. The biggest factor in weight loss for me has been knowing ahead of time what I'm going to eat and having it ready when I need it. Trifecta meal deliveries have made this completely effortless for me and have been a total game changer in both diet and maintenance. Go to www.trifectanutrition.com slash American Glutton to make your life and physical goals a whole lot easier. Today, my guest is Nancy Cartwright. She is an actress and voice performer. You might know her as the voice of Bart Simpson on the television show, The Simpsons. Please enjoy our conversation. Nancy Cartwright, welcome to the American Glutton podcast. Oh, thanks. So glad to be here, Ethan. Just fantastic. Good to talk to you. I love it. I'm a fan. I am such a fan. I've been listening to, man, some of these guests that you've had on and and everyone's viewpoints about their bodies and how they're doing and where they came from and how they've changed. And some of them are still, you know, it's it's constant challenge. Yeah. Welcome to planet Earth, you know? Well, welcome to the, the the human experience, right? Yeah. So the, the, the most fascinating thing for me is 
I always, you know, I went through my life with this perspective of like, you know, certainly at the time, nobody understands what I'm going through. And, and, and now I, I could look around and go like many more people than when I was a kid understand, because I think that obesity has become more prevalent. Um, but I am always fascinated when I talk to somebody who I don't project that onto who goes like, yeah, I've been dealing with it. And here's the solution I found. And I'm like, wait a minute. What do you mean? Yeah. Why yeah. is at your life? I, I've, I've known you for a long time and I never would have thought you had to put any effort into your weight or, you know, physicality or anything yeah. like that. You always seem to me to be a vibrant, very healthy person. Oh, well, thanks. I'm glad I come across that way. <laughs> it's yeah. all smoke and mirrors. No, <laughs> right. no, um, no, I think it's, well, gosh, I don't even know what to say from that. I've, I've always been um, health conscious, I have to say, and I've been somewhat athletic, although kind of maybe mediocre in my attempts. Um, I was a gymnast when I was in high school um, for mm, three years. I did that and I was I was mediocre, really, in terms of the competitions. I did I did the trampoline, I did tumbling, floor exercise, um, and uh, vaulting. So there was some strength there. I didn't do the uneven parallel bars. I didn't do the balance beam. I was a little too afraid of that. And uh, the coach, you know, for whatever for whatever reason, I, I that wasn't my strength area. And I did okay. I think. Part of it too was just I've I've always been even as a child very could do back bends and um, very flexible with my body and even gosh going back to third grade thinking that I was a favorite of the gym teacher because I could do stuff like that and I was so little I think that's part of it there was the, my petite size I'm only five foot now but back then man I was a peanut and. Um, that always interested me. So here I get on the gymnastics team. They call me cartwheel, understandably, as a nickname. <laughs> I was the captain my senior year. That was kind of fun. But after I graduated from high school, I don't I don't think I did anything really particularly athletic. Well, at, no, that's not true. I did. Um, and I considered this a workout danced. Yeah, disco, sure. Disco was the thing. And, you know, doing the whole 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 lottie da and disco fever the bgs and all that and i had a dance partner had a huge crush on him that never amounted to anything much other than we were pretty we were pretty good with that and we would win some competitions at the local pub you know nice. that was fun that was fun but after high school i'm now that i'm realizing this right now i stopped do I was stopped being as athletic as I was in high school and I started to put on a little weight and I got kind of chunkified and I also made the biggest mistake this was this is taking some of your your older listeners back to a time when Dorothy Hamill you you might remember her name from she was a skater an ice skater and beautiful and she she became famous not only because she was a good dance a skater but she had the wedge haircut Right. So remember when she did that one move, she's like, she's got one of her feet, she's touching her head all the way, like a back bend on one foot and her hair fanned up. And from the top, it was just like, 
wow, she came, became all about this haircut. So I'm thinking, I want to get my haircut like a wedge. So this was like so insane. I go to, I didn't know where to go. I wasn't, I was, wasn't going to get my haircut. It was long. I had long, beautiful hair. And I went to, why did I do this? A barber. I said, just cut it like Dorothy Hamill. <laughs> you know Dorothy Hamill? He's like, no. I said, she's the one, the skater. I had to convince him. Wrong, wrong, big mistake. And the hair looked horrible. And so I go into my freshman year in college and I'm fat and I'm over and I've got a horrible haircut. And I felt so so ugly, but it was okay though, because I killed it in in college. I killed it with my voice and speech. They didn't care what I looked like. It's how funny are you or how dramatic or what good, how, how good of an actress are you? And I continued to do really well and the hair and the body didn't matter. And so I just proceeded from there. But I did, I was kind of chunk, chunky. And I mean, I could go on and on with the, I could t- could tell you tons more. Well, when did you, when did you, when did you decide, when did you decide like, okay, I'm going to get rid of this chunk? Yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to think the first time. I did numerous kinds of diets over the years, like many people do. I remember doing like the, See, I'd already moved to California by then, and I was working. I was working in the entertainment industry, and I'm trying to think. I think I was actually not only doing. I wasn't doing The Simpsons yet. This was in uh, the early '80s. This was like I was doing My Little Pony, Glow Friends, Snorks, Pound Puppies, Richie Rich. <laughs> um, but I also, um, I had gone to UCLA, and I dropped out of school for one quarter to do a play and it was quite controversial for the time. Today, it would be awesome if they ever brought this play back. It what was a, the play? It was called The Transgressor okay. and it was written by a grad student at UCLA. And I was playing, it's not unusual. I mean, going to university, you play any age. You play a seven-year-old or you could play a 70-year-old. It doesn't matter. So we had 20-year-olds playing like they were 65 and here I'm cast as a 12-year-old prepubescent girl and the play was about a family set in the midwest uh, who had three kids and the oldest son had gone off had 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 left home the middle son was coming back it's at christmas time the middle son is coming back to introduce his fiance to the family so that's a big deal and then me i'm a girl you know that hasn't had my period yet basically and that's kind of significant in the play so it's set at Christmas time and the end of the first act, there's a knock on the door and everybody suspects it's the oldest brother coming back. The door is open and a woman is standing there and she says, hi, I'm Alice. And so Al- Kevin has gone off. Oh, and, had- and become Alice. Yeah, and has right. had a sex change operation. And the rest of the play gives me shivers thinking about it, but it's like the rest of the play was about how not only the family um, addresses this sensitive subject, topic, situation, person, but also how the neighbors and friends, because there were other people cast in it. So we had done it at UCLA and the director decided, who was an MFA grad, he decided that he wanted to, 
I'm trying to think there were only three of us out of the original cast that w that he asked us, would you recreate your part? Because I want to take it out and do it in a play, in a theater in Hollywood. Wow. But you're going to have to drop out of school for a quarter. So, Ethan, I didn't tell anybody. The university still thought I was going to school. I don't know how I got away with this, but somehow I thought, this sounds cool. I totally want to do this. So that's what I did. And I th we got a lot of attention. The crit you know, lots of reviewers came. And then one night, um, an agent came and they met with, they came backstage afterwards and said, we'd love to represent you. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, we want to do a meeting. Will you come to a meeting with us? And I said, yeah. So I set up the meeting and now listen, I had no intention of being on camera. I had no intention of being an actress. I had done it in high school, which was fine. Great. Everybody's like, you're going to be an actress, right? And I'm like, well, I think I'm going to do the voice thing. I want to do the, and I had this, here's a little indica, here's a little indication of, of how much I've changed over the years. It's like, I had this viewpoint that it wasn't pretty enough. What, where did that come from? You know, yeah. that kind of like, why would I have a viewpoint about myself? But I did. And I felt I, I wouldn't, couldn't make a living because I wasn't pretty enough, which is, Oh my gosh, that is so far the opposite. A character actor has a career of working ahead yeah. of her. And it, as someone that it's based more on looks, I think far more challenging than- And, and to be honest with you, uh, um, a, sh a shorter lifespan they tend yeah. to. Can be, but more opportunities now. And if it's cultivated right and using social media and just continuing to be in your fans, you know, eyes and stuff and corresponding. I, I think it's better. I think it's better. It can be a trap, but it but it is better. Well, here I am talking. No, to you. yes. No, I, I, I'm saying if uh, if the career is based on good looks. Yeah, that, that seems to be like a short like was the looks the looks are going to go. And then if you don't have like real good acting chops to fall back on, there's yeah, no, there's it's no true. more career. I agree with you. You got you got to back it up with um, talent. Yeah. You know, skill. So uh, so what's the point? So the, that that was the play, and it, it ended up getting me an agent. And next thing you know, I went in for just a, a general meeting, and I got the lead in a in a pilot, a TV yeah. pilot series that didn't go anywhere. I look at it now, and I go, no wonder it didn't go. Anywhere. It was like it was not good. Right. But I got Twilight Zone, the movie, out of that, and started, and I did. Uh, Flesh and Blood. I got to work with Rutger Hauer and Paul Verhoeven and go to Spain. Jennifer Jason Lee played opposite me. That was an interesting experience um, working in Spain. And um, that was harsh. Yeah. That was really harsh. Um, yeah. Did and you then, find it? it uh, I, I don't know often if it's Los Angeles or specifically the entertainment industry that even if there isn't um, external pressure, because I always experienced tons of internal pressure, but yeah, I mean, yeah. like, ex like other people going like, you need to change. There was always a new diet. There was always some yeah. new thing to, that people would be like, hey, have you heard of this? You know, yeah. even if it's like just a, a kind of overt hint, like. Was yeah, so true. Like the pineapple diet, the Beverly Hills diet, the um, I did. Oh, gosh, what was the name of it? The um, 
shoot, I forget the name of it. So, uh, it was one where you get stuff in a box and you add fresh fruit to it. It's, 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 it's a subscription kind of a thing. Yeah, um, they send you the box and you can- Nutrisystem. Yeah. Yeah, Nutrisystem. I did it. I had, I had success. Hey, you have success with all these diets, but the question is, are they sustainable? Right. Are you going to want it? You know, you can eat from a box and take this packaged food that's got chemicals and it's not great stuff. But you, yes, you do add fresh food to it. But how do you learn? How how do you take that and then make it a lifestyle? And I think that's the challenge. HCG. I did the HCG diet. And later. that's like super low calorie, right? Like oh. 500 calories a day or something. Of course you're going to lose weight. You're starving your body to death and the body's like... I mean, I definitely have my viewpoints about all these diets, but it was only within the last, well, couple years, it's really that I took this time of this COVID shutdown and gosh, actually it was, it was probably well, it was probably a year, a year after that. It's only been a, a little bit more than a year, maybe a year and a quarter ago, um, I made a decision couple decisions that I wanted to take full responsibility for my body and my career is going along great. Everything's moving along, doing more production than I've ever done before. I unbelievable at my age that I am creating really, really fun content with a production company now. Yeah. And, but my body, I still, after, after having two kids, um, it's like, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable sitting I don't feel comfortable driving in my car. It's like this. It's like I'm five foot, and ha th there's got to be a smaller person living inside this this <laughs> this thing here, you know? Right. So for me, what I did was I just thought it's got to be. And here's the deal: you have to find your own thing. I can give you my successful action; might not work for you, and it, you know. Mm -hmm. But for me. And I came up with an arbitrary number, but I just put myself on a low-cal diet. And at 1,500 calories, that's that's enough calories for, for somebody to lose weight because clearly I was eating more than 1,500 for a, for a height and size of me. Yeah. That at 1,500, and I didn't ask any questions. I didn't Google it. I just said, you know... I think 1500 sounds right. And don't ask me where I got it. It was just kind of like my own understanding. So I put myself on a program and that was it. And I, I really was religious with it. I stuck to it. I, everything had to be weighed. Everything had to be counted for. And I think I've only gone over like maybe one time and it was only like 50, 50 calories over. But I still, to this day, I still do it because it keeps like checks and balances in for me. Do you find that you still have to weigh and measure as much or are you able to like eyeball four yeah. ounces of chicken? And totally. I can eyeball it. It's about the size of my palm. Yeah. No fingers or thumb included. It's about like that. And I, um, yeah, and I do it. And here's the other thing that I do, Ethan, as a successful action. And I'm telling you, it works because I started, and I, I weigh my, I only weigh myself once a week because I want to monitor. I want to, I, I got to keep again, balancing checks on this. So I weigh myself every Tuesday morning between like six and 8 AM. And it's, I'll get a little tiny bit graphic here. It's after I've had a bowel movement. It's like, I really, and I'm naked. Whoa, TMI, but it's like, that's how I do it. And it's like, 
standing there on the scale and it doesn't really matter what scale you use as long as you use the same scale. Right. You can't go away on a, on a week, two week vacation and use their scale because it's not calibrated the same as yours. So I use my scale, same one all the time. So speaking of which, when I do go on a vacation or even take off to go to go be with friends for a weekend, uh, um, I don't I don't have as much attention on what I'm eating. I'm not yeah. I will have French fries. I will have a little uh, I'll have dessert. I won't have a whole piece, but I'll you know, I'll just kind of keep it. Um, what's the word? I just put put a little more control on it. I'm yeah. Moderation. Yeah, in moderation, totally. But I don't want to not enjoy myself. And I f then on Tuesday, I'll weigh myself. And as expected, I'll be up. Right. Since April, I have noticed, because I went back just a couple days ago, and I was looking at it. And I looked at my weights, and I stabilized at where I am right now back in April, which was less than, that was probably April, May, June. That was probably about 10 months of doing this calorie counting. It took me about 10 months and I lost 17 pounds in that time. And my body regulated, I'm like 125, 127 right now. And I made a decision if I ever get a, a, above 130, it's like, whoa, what are you doing? Right. What you are, you are, you are, you are, you know, you're off the charts right now. That's not okay. But it's never gotten there. I will gain a couple pounds and I'll go right back to drinking the amount of water that I drink. I drink about 64 ounces of water a day. Yeah. And I'm pretty religious about that too. I drink a lot of fluids and, um, and the calorie counting. And then when you add exercise on top of that, it's like, and if I go up, I just go, okay, back to the program and the next time I weigh myself it's gone down and it just it goes up a little bit goes down a little bit goes up a little bit and it's kind of like a you know normal it's kind of an, a, a normal um it's condition. like an, an equilibrium yeah that's right and it's you're never going to stay the same weight that's ridiculous to think nothing nothing stays the same it's either getting better or getting worse but you got to know like how to tweak it just right so that this is happy and I'm happy. Yeah. Did you find, did you, when you got to the weight you wanted, when you got to the point where you were like, okay, this is cool. Now I yeah. know what to do. If this, if this, if this number goes up or if I'm feeling like yucky or whatever, did yeah. you increase your food at all? Or did you? No, no, no. I keep doing 1500 and I've noticed that, um, it's like I kind of thought that I wanted to get down to like 120. I thought, let's do 120. But what happened in April is that I wasn't really losing any more weight. It kind of stuck around 125, 127. And I continued to just do the normal thing of the 1500 with all the exercise and all that. And it just, it's like my body said, this is it. This is right. for your side, for your height and bone structure i think and also muscle i am i'm strong i've got some i don't have the same muscle content that i had when i was on the gymnastics team i weighed 119 and i was heavy i was heavy at 119 but i was so at, at 18 years old 
And the other girls were like 100 pounds. My friend was 105 pounds. I'm like, oh man, I'm fat. And Ethan, I was not, I was not fat. I had yeah. more muscle mass and I did not understand that. So now with more education and the, the, the we had, there's such an abundance of, of information on, on the internet that you can find. I, I mean, obviously you, you've got to kind of weed through and um, weed through and find out what makes sense, you know, who's saying it, what, yeah. what, are they an opinion leader in this area? Like what's the deal, you know? Yeah. And I think with a lot of that, I, I go into any of these things and, and I go like anytime somebody is pushing a diet and they're making statements that all people uh, need to do something in a certain way. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm often like, okay, I got to get rid of that. Right. I've got to cut through that noise. That's, that's, yeah. there's some bullshit there. Right. Because different bodies are going to react differently to different things. And some bodies burn um, glucose at a, a lower, uh, a lower intensity rate than others. Right. So you could have a yeah. guy burning fat at a really high rate before his body kicks in and requires glucose. Like these are just, you know, there isn't like a one size fits all thing, but, but, you know, and most of the big fad diets are making these kind of um, empirical claims about uh, everybody, you know, um, being allergic to cucumber skin. And, you know, I get that there's some toxins in cucumber skin, but like, if you're not having like severe autoimmune reactions to it, yeah. this is probably not going to handle your life by just removing it from your diet. No, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant comment. I, I couldn't agree more. It's like, we're all, we're all individuals. Our bodies are all so different, even, even within your own family. You know, I have a, a sister who was tall, taller, but slender. You know, and if it matters, she was probably an A-type blood, you know, me short and a little bit stockier, um, gymnast kind of a body. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm O negative. If that has anything, that was another diet, the, the, you know, the blood type diet. Yeah. You know, and look, <laughs> I mean, either, apparently, <laughs> yeah, I did, I've done all of them. I did blood type. I did Beverly Hills. I did South Beach. You know, there was a period yeah. where they were all named after some place. I did the Wichita Falls diet, like all of these things. And, and I just go like, okay, I, I bought into blood type because my whole life with my whole physical situation was going to be handled if I just ate these foods. But guess what? I can overeat all of that stuff, too. I can overeat meat and yeah. sweet potatoes like it's nobody's business. Yeah. Sweet potatoes. Oh, don't get me started. I learned how to. I went away for for a while and. Um, and, and while I was gone living in this condo, it's like I was introduced to the hot air fryer. Oh, yeah. Oh. I love it, man. Yeah. Come over. I'll make you a hot air fryer dinner. It's like I became an expert at cooking things like asparagus and, and sweet potato fries. You can cook anything. You can do an egg. You can make a perfect soft boiled egg. 11 minutes, 350 degrees, you know, with a hot air fryer. But you got to have an ice thing sitting right next to it. So it stops the cooking. Yeah. You, know, you learn all these hints. And I've shared this with the people like, oh, my gosh, I want you to make me dinner. That would be <laughs> Yeah. I, I do you think that a big part of it or or was it helpful to you? I don't know how much uh, 
eating out you did prior to this, but I imagine trying to stick to 1500 calories a day, like, like for real, not super easy if you're eating out. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. No, and it's not super easy if you're eating at home. Right. It's a lot of work. And I think that's the same for any diet. I think it takes a lot of attention. You have to plan out. And the more you can do that and make take the time. And if, and if you're married, it's a thing that you can do as a couple. And you create this game together and go grocery shopping. And you, if you can make it fun, then you, you'll be able to stick to it. But if it becomes a drudgery and it becomes work... I can see how it'd be very easy to like make one big mistake over a weekend or at a at a wedding or a bachelor party or whatever it is. Um, then all of a sudden, you know, you're yeah. you're off the wagon, and um, it's it's got to be doable. So that sustainability thing is the is the key. But I don't anything worth worth getting. I think it takes work to get it. There's nothing easy. Right. Right. Did you you find that when you started to really look at the kind of energy density to the food that you were consuming and then eating it, that you started to make choices and found yourself going like, well, you know, a cup of rice has 200 calories and here's how I feel after I eat it. But the sweet potato fries have, you know, you can actually eat more sweet potato fries than you can rice by volume or, or weight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And so did you find those choices wound up informing how you stuck to it? Yeah, a little bit. Sure. Because if they offer sweet potato fries, I will do that to do regular Idaho potato fries is like I'm going, "Mm, I want to be smart. I still am smart about it. I'm not throwing it all out the window and just like exploding. But I do allow myself to have um, I don't really eat some stuff that I used to eat. I don't eat anymore ice cream because I don't like the way it, I bloat like instantly. I'm so lactose intolerant. 
and it's it's uncomfortable, Ethan. It's like, I don't like feeling that way, but it's taken me three quarters of my life to recognize I don't have to do that, you know? Right. Yeah, it's so weird because I even found like a diet ice cream that's got 400 calories per pint versus like a normal pint of ice cream has 1600 on average. And even that, yeah. when I eat it, I feel kind of crappy. And so I have a freezer chock full of this stuff because I eat it very rarely because I go like, yeah. do I want to give into this um, need for pleasure and 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 take whatever crappy feeling comes with it? it and so occasionally I go, yeah, I, I want that. Yeah. And I don't mind that crappy feeling, but it is it is so seldom now. Yeah, there was a book that I read um, this must have been easily, golly, 30 years ago, maybe, yeah, 30 years, I, I think. Mm. It was called, it's called The Sugar Blues. And it really, it was a little paperback book that I got. And I read that thing. I could not put that down, cover to cover in one sitting. And I was so interested. It was the history of sugar and how it's like what it does to your body physically. And I'm like, wow. And that actually really helped me. Yeah. It kind of just gave me the um, the truth on what happens when your body takes in something like that. And to this day, when I, and popcorn, I always considered popcorn a vegetable because it is <laughs> corn. Yeah, sure. saying, it is a vegetable. Yeah. Are you Pop popcorn and French fries, it's a salad. <laughs> So um, popcorn is a weakness of mine. I found this one popcorn brand called Evil, Lesser Evil, and it's got Himalayan salt. I don't know who ever discovered Himala pink Himalayan salt. I don't really care, but it, it does stay salty. I'm not into a sweet popcorn at all. But this Him it's 90 calories for a bag, and I'm going, damn, there's my go-to treat. I love yeah. that, and then I love a thing called Snacklins. I know I'm like promoting these products, but it's like that's also 90 calories per a bag and they're crunchy. They're like, and it gives you that satisfaction of being able to bite into something. And I like what, the, what are the snacklins? Snacklins are made out of, of, of mushroom, yucca and onion. Wow. And it's an awesome bag. That's a pretty good size and it's quite satisfying. So I still I don't do it every single day because I've found a number of these kind of like go to s snacks. And some people do have this belief and I don't you know, I don't diss them for this. They can have that belief. For me, it doesn't hurt when I still add it up on my calories for the day. Wait, then, what's the belief that they have? They have the belief that if you do snacks, it's like you should never snack. Oh, you yeah. Just do, you know, just do little th four meals throughout the day. No snacks. I disagree. Again, I think it's in, you got to go individual. Yeah, you do. You got snacking find works out. for you. Why would you not snack? Because yeah, some random that. person said you shouldn't snack. That's stupid. <laughs> I didn't want to tell her that. But yeah, I said, no, I get it. I, I get it. But for me, it works. And so, I, heck, yeah, I'm going to do it because yeah. it's very satisfying. Um, the other thing that I did in addition to the food and I, I I'm pretty sure this is the, this would be the same for everyone, and you'll have to smack me down if you if you disagree with me. Okay. You gotta have some kind of exercise, people. Diet alone ain't gonna do it. Your muscles, they'll become flaccid. 
you know, you want to you, you want to strengthen your muscles. I think muscle, although it weighs more than fat, it also burns calories more than than uh, I think when you're when you're working out. Well, um, yeah, just having muscle, I, I think fat in and of itself, the, the way that fat increases your energy need is just because your muscles are working by carrying it. The, the, the fat yeah, itself requires yeah. no fuel, but muscle requires fuel. Even if, you know, I, I, I agree. I think that um, it might be the, the, the computation different people use to come to this conclusion may be very different, right? One guy might go like, I want muscle because it's, it's a net healthier uh, body in the long run. Or one guy might go, I want more muscle because I'll get to eat more food because my body will require more food. So it's hard to, you know, and then there is certainly a point where you go like, maybe that's too much muscle because there are some very mus- overly muscled yeah. people where it's like I could totally see somebody going like I don't need that much muscle right and that's like a personal so it's very subjective but the other thing is look check this out uh, right. nice the gun shot <laughs> yeah maybe that's good guns. definition that's, that's nice awesome now I'm not now I'm not, I'm not there I'm you can see I'm doing it yeah Here but even you when you're not flexing there's <laughs> real definition in that bicep that is awesome I did a little kettlebell right before I got up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It just looks pretty. I think it's on men and women, just having that muscle tonus, it's it just, you, you look, you look better in clothes. than if you don't have any, you know, if you're not, if you're not strengthened that way. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and it is um, scientifically shown to be healthier to have the more muscle, you know, up to a point, you know, you could go look at these like gigantic bodybuilders who are 300 plus pounds of pure muscle. And you go like, at that point, you're probably um, putting too much stress on your heart for if you're talking strictly about health. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I tried. I mean, I know your history is like extensive, the whole bicycle thing and your commitment to that and how many miles you did a day and just the support you got even from your family so that I I just was so impressed when I was listening to you and I the 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 cycling at a gym the stationary cycling bike I tried it and I've heard that if you keep doing it your your bottom will get used to it and I just was kind of I don't know a little executive princess in that way that I just it wasn't my thing riding the bike wasn't the thing I tried golfing golfing the walking that would have been okay. I had a boyfriend at the time and we did that for a little bit. And my drive down the, 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 the I mean, the center drive, I, I had a pretty, not strong enough to get me to the, the hole. But once we broke up, that was the end of that game. Right. So not too long ago, this was during, um, this was, it, this was April of 2020. My neighbor, who's a good friend of mine, um, played pickleball. And she kept telling me, you got to play pickleball. What is it? I'd never heard of it. Well, apparently it's the fastest growing sport in America. And like so many people are playing it, playing it. It was developed like in 1965. These friends created it off the off the coast of Washington State. And it's just been growing ever since. So I played a little tennis. You could play tennis, ping pong, um, badminton. If you've got that good hand eye coordination thing. And I picked it up just like that. 
So now I am like, oh, I love pickleball because it's not, it's, it's fantastic exercise, but it's just better than that. It's fun. Right. It's way better than just like doing crunches and doing like fire hydrants and doing aerobic standing, you know, it, to, to YouTube. Although I do, I definitely continue to do YouTube exercises. I think you get on that, that one, um, I think it's called PS. I don't know. It's a personal. Uh, it's it's a site. Called- yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Where you do, it's like you do. You follow along to a video, right? Yeah, and it's there's so many teachers, and it's well, it's all free. And I want to work on abs today. I want to work on glutes. I want to work on upper arms. I want to do it. So I kind of balance between that and pickleball. And one more thing for the whole package is Pilates. Nice. My body has, I swear I grew an inch. I swear I'm taller. It does a lot of stretching you, right? Yeah. And my body just loves it. And again, you got to find out, maybe you're more of a yoga person. I wasn't yoga. They're vastly different. Yeah. But Pilates, damn. I'm like, whoa, what are we doing today? Brandy took me to a Pilates class and I will say it was after I I'd, I'd gone to the gym and done a really really intense leg day and she was like don't overdo it cuz we have Pilates and I was like well Pilates that's a chick thing that's not a big deal yeah. so and then I went to Pilates and they hurt me they kicked yeah. my ass yeah the the equipment this guy that created this I just hats off. He's long gone. It was in the 1800s. I think he developed this whole thing and it's been passed along with all of his original drawings and the, 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 the mechanics of it. The equipment is it's mind blowing how you can take one piece and it does a gazillion things. It just and it's blows super me away. low impact. Yes. Yes, for sure. And geez, the, the, the coach that I have, she's she's amazing because she personalizes it for me and for my body. And I just some days I, I'll come in there and say I had gone away for the weekend and played pickleball and I'm super sore and I, I did some like some good damage to my body. And I'll, she says she says to me, I can tell by the way you're walking. Let's just do some stretching today. And she'll take rollers. And I'm telling you that, that it's it's not a day off for me. Yeah. It still hurts. It's like she's rolling on my you might, you know, my, my thigh or my, um, I don't quite know the names of the part, the side of my thigh. And when the it T-band probably, yeah, the T band, the, um, all these areas of your body that will hold on to tension and stuff. And with a few minutes of doing this, it releases all that. And it enables me then to be able to carry on without, without any more pain. It's just, I find it just really beneficial for me. Yeah. And all of this stuff that you're talking about is stuff that you really enjoy or you seem to at least enjoy oh, yeah. doing. Like even the Pilates, you seem to enjoy doing yeah. that. And and like I think it's hard to convince people to do things that they're absolutely sure they're going to hate. I, I think um, there are things that I thought I would hate and then I did them and I wound up really enjoying them. But I, I do think it's important to find some some way of moving that you enjoy doing because well, forced movement sucks. Yeah, I think that's the key. I think you nailed it because that's my this is my program and it may not work for you. But even if it's 
if it's a sport, I think it's just because it's, it's fun. It can become really fun. If it's just exercise for the sake of exercise, for me, that's, I don't know, it's, it's not so fun. It's like way too much attention. It's, there's got to be some entertainment. And pickleball, I can play singles. I love singles. It's way more exercise doing singles. That kicks my ass and I'm that's sweating. singles like, at pickleball? Yeah. Okay. Singles. It's a, it's, it's a small court, but you got to still get from side to side. It's tough and it's challenging and it keeps my, it keeps me running my body instead of my body running me. It's like yeah. putting me running my body around doubles is super fun too, but it's a different, it's different because you've got a partner there. I don't know that it's, it's not necessarily easier though to play. It's, it's just different. You have to kind of read your partner's mind are you staying up am i staying back if we both back then we both miss the ball that just goes over the net how are we going to do and you have to kind of have a a real coordination thing with your partner there and i i like that too they're both workouts but for a good aerobic workout i like the singles and yeah. i've got enough friends that i can invite over because i went ahead and i liked it so much put a court in my yard I had chickens there at one time, way too much valuable real estate for chickens. It's like, oh, come on, lady girls. You're gonna go to the back of the property, over there, smaller space, <laughs> put a pretty pickleball court in and use it. And it's 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 like right there for me to use. That's amazing. Yeah, I think that um I think that we have kind of or we are evolving uh into being more and more sedentary. And and this is I, I think this is a mm -hmm. major contributing mm -hmm. factor to obesity. Just we don't. Absolutely. We don't, I mean, we don't need to move really to live life. We don't need to really do a whole much, much of anything with our bodies, you know, compared That's to what we used to hunter, gather, looking for shelter, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. We had, our body was out in the world. And now we've got, you know, DoorDash and Uber and our phones. So absolutely it is something to really take a look at individually for your listeners um how much it, it's it's convenient it's really convenient to have that all done for you but at what expense yeah yeah and then just the desire to store fat because our bodies feel safe i think when they're storing fat it's like uh it's like a savings account of energy you know yeah, and that's why I think for for me again, you know, when I found out what worked for me, that when I'm pretty strict during the week, or say the next trip I'm going to do is going to be mid-August. Um, up until then, I'm going to be just doing what I normally do, and and no deviations or very no deviations. So then, when I go away for that weekend, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I'll come back, and you know, it's kind of like. You don't want to get your body into a position of like feeling like, oh my God, you've changed and um, what's going on? And I think when somebody does kind of a yo-yo type thing, it's because the body is, it's kind of freaking out in a way. It's like wanting to hold on to, if it, for just to give you an example, if you don't drink enough water, your body is going to hold on to water. We have to have water. And if you're not 
replacing the water that you sweat. And don't we sweat something like a cup of water a day? Yeah, even if we're not moving, but, you know, even if it's chilly, we're sweating a little. Yeah, bit. that's right. It's constantly recycling. And if you're not replacing that water that you're getting rid of, the body, the body's going to hold on to it. And for me, I realized, wow, that's what that's why I'm so inflamed. I'm I've got inflammation going on here. So when I started drinking more water, yes, I was peeing more for sure, like a lot. But it's like when I would measure myself or weigh my, it was clear that my body really loved that I was drinking water. It wasn't thinking it was, you know, starving or like I was becoming super dehydrated, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is amazing. So you're, you're killing it right now. And you and you are happy enough that you can foresee yourself doing this for, for the rest of your yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I may end up at some point in time saying, "Wow, I think I better focus a little more on doubles rather than, you know, playing <laughs> singles." I'm not there yet. Yeah. I'm in my 7th decade of life in wow. well which doesn't mean for any math like flunkies out there, that doesn't mean I'm in my 70s. I'm just right. telling you. Um it's like I We're I, in the 21st century. It's only the yeah. year 2000. Yes. Yeah, and my my I I look better. I feel like I I've see pictures of myself when I was in my 20s and in my 30s and you know, I had my kids when I was in my 30s and it was going on. I was packing their lunches and eating it while I was packing it and eating the same food that I made for my kids. That's a reality. Mothers go through that. And even fathers during mother's pregnancy they're gaining just as much weight as, as their wife is gaining because they're eating the same food because she's cooking it or he's cooking it for her. And, you know, it's just I guess it really is when you put your what, what you put your attention on, you're going to you're going to be able to solve that problem. And if you yeah. don't have a lot of attention on what you're eating, you know, just grab anything because it's convenient. You know? Yeah, I, I, th I think. Um... And this is very general, but this was my experience so many times. But I think I always wanted a one word solution or the easiest solution I could imagine. And for me, I had this bizarre computation in my head that weight loss alone was the solution. And that mm -hmm. once I achieved weight loss, I would be handled. And this was just not the case because it kind of neglected how I gained weight in the first place. Yeah. And without really addressing all of that and going, oh, I kind of need to take my life apart and like undo all this stuff that got me to the point that I needed to change. And that's actually a lot more work than just losing weight, losing weight. I've lost weight on every diet you've mentioned today. Yeah. Every single one. I lost weight. None of them solved the problem I was trying to solve. Weight loss alone wasn't that solution. Yeah. It, it yeah. was really a reorganization of my life.
I so get that. That that makes so, so much sense. Some people eat. It's a comfort sort of a thing. It makes them feel good. They have they have some sort of a loss in their life. Uh, and they, you know, and so they go, go to the refrigerator. They take themselves out. And when they're hungry, they go shopping when they're hungry. And that's a ridiculous time to go shopping. You know, it's not going to solve like what you said, the underlying thing that you're trying, that there's a situation there that you're not really looking at. Yeah. There's also a lot of, in the diet world, data that's um, either grossly negligent or uh, partially true. So like, um, you know, the, did you ever do keto or Atkins? Yeah, I did. And they, they Atkins didn't work for me. And I think there's a disclaimer that says 2% of the people that do this, it won't work for. Hello. I guess yeah. that was me. I was pouring it on, man. I love steak and putting butter on it and as much fat. Oh, man, it did not work for me. I was so bummed. Well, and he, and here's the other kind of point is like um, if you remove all carbohydrates from your diet, you will you should lose weight simply because you'll get rid of a lot of water. Right. So. Yeah that that nobody goes into a diet i mean most people i'm sure somebody goes like i just give me a water pill i'll pee a lot and then that's the weight i want to lose but most of us are going into a diet thinking i want to lose fat mm -hmm. and it is possible on atkins to gain fat and lose weight on the scale because you're just getting rid of a bunch of water mm. and so there's there's you know this idea where you can eat 10,000 calories or, you know, yeah, 10,000 calories a day in bacon or T-bone steaks and lose weight. It's like, yeah, maybe the first week because you're pissing out right. a bunch of glycogen, but that's not a long-term solution for anyone. True that, but man, don't say bacon. Bacon goes good with everything. I, listen, I love bacon. I love bacon. <laughs> yeah. I, I do one high fat day a week, which, cause for the most part, and I don't eat high carbohydrates, but like I eat moderate carbohydrate carbohydrates and kind of lower fat. And on my day when I don't go to the gym, I increase my fat. It's by far my favorite day of the week. I get avocados and olive oil. And like, that's really fun for me. I prefer that. I wish I could just eat high fat and not have to worry about anything else. But the reality is I still would have to count calories. I still would have to do that math and make sure that my energy balance was correct. Yeah, I get it. I so get it. And full disclosure on my end, when you're talking about a cheat day, because I weigh myself on Tuesdays, Tuesday morning, ten, like right after I weigh myself, tends to be the time where I will have like one of the things I also love to eat, it's pretty locale actually, it's about 190 calories a cup, but it's yogurt and it's fruit. And it's, it's the, it's, I think it's Greek yogurt and with like monk, a monk fruit to sweeten it up. It's not that many calories, but I don't, I don't have it every single night as a dessert because it's so rich. Yeah. I will have it or. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Um, somebody will give me like a chop. Oh, oh, here's another cheat that I that I will have. I will go to my pantry, and it's called oh I forget the brand. B I think it's B S, but it is all it's a vanilla flavored almond butter, and it like it's really high in calories. It's like a hundred and ninety calories for two tablespoons. Yeah, and I'll go in there and and scoop up like one tablespoon or a heaping teaspoon. And it, it, oh man, it's like pleasure. It's like taking at Christmas when you get presents and you get, te- people tend to give you chocolate whatevers. It's like if it just had a little chocolate added to it, it's like such a spoiler treat. But I do, I don't, I don't disregard it. I add it, but that's, that's the day that I will say so I don't, um, I'm temperate about it, but I take, yeah. I, I, I account for it. I was at a hotel in the Midwest and um, there was nothing really great for me to eat in the hotel. And I was walking around and looking for stuff and there was nothing really anywhere near me. And I stumbled into a, a Starbucks and I was like, oh, I see fruit and eggs in a package. And I bought all of them. I bought 10 of these packages of fruit and eggs. And then I got back to my room and I opened them up and I found a little thing of almond butter in with the fruit and eggs. And I'm, I'm very much like that's a fat. I'm on a carb day. I'm not eating the almond butter. And towards the end of the night, I was like doing the math. And I was like, oh, I still have like 500 calories left. And I opened one of these almond butter packs. It yeah. didn't have vanilla in it, but I hadn't had anything like that in a while. And boy, was it good. What a <laughs> just a tablespoon of almond butter. I know these little things that we like, oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> but you know, it's a nice treat. It's, it's, it's a diversion. It's a treat, but temperate, you know, a, yeah. a cap or whatever. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Nancy, thank you so much. This has been a really fun conversation. Oh, it's such pleasure. Nice seeing you too. I know this is an audio kind of a thing, but such a pleasure, Ethan. I just adore you. Love watching what you're doing. The changes that have happened with you. You're such a you're such an opinion leader in this area. It's admirable. Thank you're you. setting such a great example. I'm telling you. 
it gives people this this podcast that you have can give people a whole new lease on life listening to your your viewpoints and others viewpoints about how to take care of your body yeah and more, more than anything um for people who have had a lot of failures because i've yeah. had a lot of failures i just want to spread the message that like it can be done beautiful you know? yeah well such a pleasure to be a part of that all right thank Thanks you for having me buddy talk to you soon okay bye and now for the q a today's question comes from karen hi karen Karen says, hi, Ethan and Paige. Congrats on a great podcast. Thank Thanks, you, Karen. Karen. She says, I'm wondering if you have some suggestions on how to overcome the all or nothing mindset. Fuck, I've- dude, Karen, <gasps> the, the all or nothing mindset is a really, really, really tough one. I know. I started laughing. I'm like, that's I mean, please, can you help me? Um She says, either I'm smashing it at the gym and meal prepping, or I'm not going to the gym and eating junk. The thought, well, I had this cookie candy. I can just finish this as well. It's frustrating. And my progress is constantly stalled. Have you struggled with this? And do you have any suggestions? All the best from Iceland. Oh, nice. Iceland. I picture only... um very fit people who are also uh, simultaneously very large people in Iceland and tall. Yeah. And formerly Vikings. That's what I picture too. Um, and they eat fermented shark, which <laughs> doesn't sound super appetizing. Right. Um, and penguins maybe. Okay. Yes. All or nothing. What's Karen's last name? I guess you can't say it, but I bet it's pretty cool. Is it somebody's daughter? Oh, interesting. So I don't usually say don't people's say last it. name, so I'm not going to. But is it somebody's daughter? As in someone you know? No, no. Like, is uh, so-and-so's daughter part of her last name? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Is that is there a way you say daughter? Yeah, like Icelandic? Sigmund's daughter or Frank's oh. daughter or like Herbert's daughter. But I'm I, not saying I, those aren't exactly. No, right. I know what you're saying. And now just reading it, I kind of think it is. Yeah, those are I'm the gonna coolest look it up. names. They're yeah, so cool. And literally, I think the way that works is like that was her dad's name and she is his daughter. Whoa. I'm OK. I'm, I'm going to look at this while you're while you're answering. I'm looking it up. OK. <laughs> Okay. It's not spelled exactly the same way we right. spell daughter. Right. But I think Icelandic people are so cool for, for all those reasons. Yes. Um, and they have like volcanoes. I've never been to Iceland, uh, but it seems like such a rad place to go. And I just looked it up and yes, she is somebody's daughter. She's somebody's daughter. That's yeah. so cool. I mean, obviously I she's somebody's daughter, but that's <laughs> like and also literally somebody's daughter. Yes. God, I've digressed here. All or nothing. All um, or nothing. Yeah. Okay. So I was very much all or nothing for a long time. And I guess the thing that most helped me with the all or nothing thing was I I was always working towards uh, a goal, which I believed was the end. So when I, when I, if, if, and, and, and not that I always made it to that goal because many times I would like burn out before I got there, but the, this need to kind of like damage myself well, like harm myself into being fit or, you know, punish myself into being thinner um, by like withholding an extreme amount of calories. 
usually was kind of tied into, I have to get to some point, right? And the idea was that point was the finish line. So I'm going to work really hard there. Now that's just for me. Maybe you're just all or nothing and you're going like, my life is going to be better if I'm all forever. The problem with that is it's unsustainable, right? This all kind of mentality in the in the gym, this kind of uh, kill yourself every day, you know, really does statistically and also anecdotally for me lead to injury, which then you're really fucked because you're nothing at that point, whether you want to be or not, right? You're, you're sitting in bed healing. You can't go to the gym, whatever it is, you're overtraining. So the, 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 the way that I really kind of reshaped my thinking about this was really looking at it as like, I'm never going to be cured. I am never going to be a thin person who feels really good about themselves, who has high self-esteem, who never has to watch their step around food or be uh, diligent in um, maintaining a, a schedule at the gym. That's never going to happen. There is no cure for me. There is no magical weight I'm going to get to where I don't have to think about it anymore. This is going to be a lifelong thing for me. So how can I think about my life and go like, oh, I, there, is no, there is no end. There's no finish line. Um, what do I want out of this? What is sustainable forever? What is uh, not going to drive me crazy? Not going to make me, you know, so kind of um, – make life so lackluster that it's not even worth living. Right. You know what I mean? Like if somebody said to me, and there were certainly points when, um, I had these thoughts that like, if, if I just couldn't taste, couldn't experience joy with food anymore, I would be better. And now I go like, no, that, that would suck. Like that would really suck. I enjoy the way food tastes, you know, that's certainly a part of it. Now, if I'm leaning more into the enjoyment of food than I am into what it's doing to my body and how, how it's servicing me, then I can get in trouble. But even within the confines of what I'm doing strictly, I want my food to taste good. It, it, it's, you know what I mean? Like I fuck around with sauces and, you know, there are some people who really don't care about the taste of food and like they're just, it's just fuel. And while I try to do that, I still want to get a little bit of pleasure out of it. You know, I'll add a hot sauce. And for that reason, like it's got no calories and it brings me a little bit of a hint of joy, right? So how can I live forever realizing that it is forever that I have to be kind of thinking about this? And, and, and while I say that, Day one, the, the day that you go like, oh, this is forever, is not the same as a few years into thinking about it forever. You kind of start to figure it out and your life changes a, to the point where um, you're not thinking about it as much, right? So if at first you're going like, God, I need to radically change my life. And not in the pursuit of one specific goal, but in the pursuit of maintaining something forever. Those are two different things, right? Like if you're 
if somebody said to you, you got to run a marathon, training for a marathon is a specific thing. And then you do the marathon. And if you've got nothing beyond that, maybe you don't have to do it anymore if you didn't fall in love with running. But if you said, I got to run, you know, two miles or a 5K or something every day or once a week for the rest of my life, that's going to look a, a little bit different than training for a marathon. So for me, it was the difference between short term thinking and long-term thinking. I want to design my program so that I can do it forever, right? And mm -hmm. there are certain things that are going to get my weight down. And then I'm going to break those up with maintenance periods because maintenance is the forever part. And that's just as hard to somebody who um, is dieting as, you know what I mean? Like if you if you were just living kind of mindlessly and gaining weight and then one day woke up and went like, I got to change, I got to lose weight, right? And then you lose weight and then you go like, well, now I'm going to go back to how I was living before I lost weight. You're going to gain the weight back, right? So if you want to maintain your weight loss, it's maintenance. Learning how to do that before you arrive there, I think is really smart, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you're going to be like a... a um, an IndyCar racer learning to drive in your first race is maybe not the best strategy, right? But if you're learning little bits and pieces while you, you know, start driving, I don't know, that fucking analogy went to shit for me, but I'm, my I point where is, you're going. right. Like my point is if, if you're thinking that you achieve something at the end of a diet, but that you don't have to then do any work on yourself and you and you just are going to magically not have any of the habits and behaviors that existed prior to the diet or if it's if it's a gym thing like i'm honestly saying all this and i'm picturing some crossfit chick who's icelandic <laughs> you know what i mean who just like kills it in the gym every day that's the only picture of an icelandic gal that i have in my head <laughs> somebody's daughter karen somebody's daughter from iceland and i'm going like god maybe she doesn't need to maybe she's not talking about weight loss at all she's just hardcore in the gym and i'm missing her entirely and she's like i don't want to be so hardcore in the gym um and, I, and I'm, again, just saying I would try to design uh, a thing that's forever, right? Yeah. Because you can't – if you really take into account the fact that your body needs rest, you have to also – there's uh, as much occurring in rest as there is in activity, right? If you're lifting weights and you want to get small, stronger or, or have your muscles be bigger – or even if you're just preserving muscle tissue in a, in a calorie deficit, right? A lot happens in rest. Like you do this thing to your muscles and you damage them to some degree. And then you have to give them time to repair. And when they repair, they repair stronger or they repair bigger. Or while you're losing weight, they repair to maintain their size, right? So these are the, the, the different ways I think about resistance training. And a lot happens in rest. So if you're just damaging yourself every day at the gym, right? Because it is, I mean, that's part of what we're doing in the gym. We're damaging our body so that it can get stronger or maintain strength, right? There's a point where 
it's going to be negative. It's going to be so much damage that it can't repair itself. And then what the fuck are we doing? Are we just masochists in the gym, right? And then what that leads to is injury, which stops you from continuing to do that. So if we're just strictly talking about gym stuff, you got to design a program that isn't so extreme because when I think about extreme, it, it has only led me to injury. And so when you fall off of that extreme, even if it's not from injury, it's very easy because that extreme is so hard to just go like, I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so that's how I think about um, the all or nothing type of a mindset that I used to have. It's like the the things that I'm doing for my body, I hope to be doing for the rest of my life. Now I have to design something that's sustainable that I can stick to, you know, and that's number one. What can I do for the rest of my life? I can eat mostly healthy. And when I say health, I mean like really the the first parameter of that for me is within my caloric boundaries. And then in the gym, I can design uh, workouts where like I miss days all the time. And then I just do it the next day, right? If I have yeah. work or something comes up, it's like not the end of the world if I miss a day. Miss a day, I can just do it the next day. It's not so extreme that if I miss a day, there's even a temptation of giving up. Mm -hmm. That's pretty awesome. I feel like I went some weird places on that one. No, I think you answered it perfectly. And uh, I, I, yeah, it's a fantastic reminder and yeah, I, I've got a lot out of your answer and I venture to guess Karen will too. And Karen, if you are exactly what I'm picturing, then we're cool. And if you're not one of the, you know, really the, the people that I know of like who I could point to and go like that, that gals from Iceland are CrossFit, famous CrossFit girls. And so... I'm really sorry that I'm just assuming all Icelandic women are like, you know, Valkyries. <laughs> right. But um, I learned something about the names and how people from Iceland can have this somebody's daughter name. I didn't yeah. know. Karen Fantastic. is someone's daughter. Yeah. I love We're it. We're not going to say his name. No. Or hers. Well, it's usually a dude, I think. Isn't always. It really. Can, yeah, I'm gonna give you that hint. It's, okay, it so she's always. a gal's daughter. She is. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's really cool. I thought it was all like. I uh, mean, unless I'm reading this wrong, and now I'm gonna just email her and ask her about it. Uh, but yeah, unless I'm reading it wrong, I'm pretty sure she's a gal's daughter in this name. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, thanks for that, Karen. Thank you for that, Ethan. And if anyone else out there has a question that they would like answered on this podcast, you can email it to us at AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. <laughs>